we're starting. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't this an interesting week? It is an interesting week. You know, we, me and Wendy have been traveling uh, with our regional tour. We're done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we, we woke up this morning, got in the car at about, what, 930 or so in New Orleans, trying to get north, trying to outrun some things. And we ended up still hitting some of those bands when we got down here, uh, Cottonport or Simsport or something. That We still got some, but it was like, yeah, but you know, one of the, uh, Eric Trull, the Chi Alpha director down at UL, made mention of something that's just hilarious. He, he, they had a panel where they were discussing, so he made mention of this. He said, you know, just, just think about this week. We have time change. We have Halloween. We have Blue Moon, which is the second time there's a full moon in one calendar month. And we have a hurricane named Zeta. And, and Tuesday we vote. But, but yeah, there's always more. And there's more. There's supposed to be a meteor hit the earth on Monday. Now, according to Eric, well, I early voted. I don't care. Uh, we didn't get to early vote because we were out of town, but uh, I'll just vote uh, on that day to show my support and mess up with all their polling data. But uh, I was just like, really? This is crazy. But that's okay. God is still on the throne. We're still going to have we're going to have service on Saturday, right? Halloween. I, I, listen, they can go play with candy. We're going to be in here hanging out with Jesus. And uh, we're going to be worshiping and hearing some good word. And then Sunday morning, we're going to be back at it again. So make sure you invite people so that they can come to church on Saturday with us. Uh, I talked to Pastor Flippo today. He's excited. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. I told him just to be careful because some people run around here, and he, he's going to bring his, his football helmet. <clears throat> Somebody. Don't know who that is back there. Almost run me over one day. Jesus. So, hey, I'm going to make mention of this now, but I'm, I'm going to mention it again this weekend. But uh, thank you for all the uh, pastor appreciation gifts and, and stuff. We got like 25 cards. We're like, do we have 25 families in the church? Ah, but we sat there and read every one of them anyways. Um, that's what we did instead of taking a nap Sunday. We, we went home, didn't go eat lunch, and we, we sat there reading cards, and it was amazing. You know what, that, that's what's special, is getting to sit there and read the cards and, and hear, you know, all the different things. Um, and that's, that's what really makes it special. Then we got some amazing gifts. You know, some people gave us some gifts, and it's like, you know what, the gifts are all cool and all that stuff. But again, I just like the fact somebody took time and wrote me a card. It doesn't matter if there's anything in it. We're just going to read it and enjoy it. But the gifts, the pictures, there were some other things. They're all really amazing, and we really we love it. We really do. And uh, we, I say we, we've got a big old stack. Maybe it's not quite that big, but I'm exaggerating. Uh, so thank you all for, for doing that. Again, I'm going to thank them as well. Uh, but it was just an awesome time. So listen, we're going to pray tonight, and then we're going to start. We're going to have worship Sister is going to come up. Sue is going to come up and do some more teaching on the Beatitudes. And we're going to spend a few minutes at the end praying as well. I had already talked to her about doing the two weeks. And I was like, well, I know we're doing prayer this week, but we need to keep going. You know, I don't want you all to forget what she taught already. So if we don't do them, but, you know, we'll do some more teachings again. Well, come on, that's what we do. So, uh, but let's pray and then we're going to do some worship. Amen. So, Father, we thank you that we get to be in your house. And, Lord, we, we pray for just protection over those that are down south right now in the in the path of this storm, Lord, we have been in the path so many times this year. We, we've our address seems to always be in the cone, and we're we're thankful that it's not right now. But Lord, we know that there are people that are in harm's way, 
and people without power. So we pray that you would just protect them and watch over them. And Lord, you know, my, my child's down there as well. So Lord, I'm, I'm praying for them. I know we have others here that have loved ones down there. Let the power be restored quickly. Just no flooding. Lord, just watch over the people, God. And Lord, be with us tonight as we worship you. And as Sue brings the word, let the anointing be there, Father, that we can truly receive what is being taught and let it change our lives forever because your word is alive. And it is there to correct and encourage and to change and, and all the different facets of its purpose. Let us receive it tonight in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen tonight. Amen. I'm going to go up here and get my ears on. Hallelujah. Turn us back to the first song there. Let's go ahead and stand up tonight and do some worship. Come on. Hey, I can hear. Hallelujah.
children in here tonight.
comes out and it hits you right upside the head <laughs> and your heart turns in, inside your chest. That's the way we need to think about it. Come on, let's sing verse two. We are his portion and he is our prize. Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. He graces an ocean. We're all sinking. So heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. And my heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to contain these regrets when I think about the way that He loves us and oh how He loves us and oh how He loves us and oh how He loves us. Sing it again, come on. He loves us and oh how He loves us and oh how He loves us and oh how He I took out yet and he'll fail me yet no he won't it's not possible so we don't sing yet but you know one thing about this song that a lot of people don't realize is the way it was originally written I have the original writing of it right here put up verse 2 you see where it says unforeseen kiss 
know that was not the original wording? It was written for a youth, a youth conference. You know what the word was? Sloppy wet. He had to change it and reproduce it. And you know, a lot of people don't like that word in there. But you know what? I try to th think back. All of a sudden, you're not planning on it. And somebody just comes over there and just gives you a big old smack. And when it's somebody you truly love, what happens? It's like, you know what? I like that word in there personally, even though I don't sing it. Because it just means something different to me. Just like the waters and the trees bowing down. When you start picturing his love, God just doesn't give us a piece of it, does he? It's all or none, isn't it? Listen, we're going to sing this next song. It's, it's a newer song. You've probably heard it on the albums. But it's about pieces. God doesn't give his heart in pieces. And I told him, I don't think it's the greatest worship song, but I like the words in it. So I want you just to hear these words tonight as, as we as we sing through.
like the words of that song right there. I really do. Come on. Reach around to give somebody a spiritual high five real quick. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Becca, for leading that. It's an interesting song to try to play. We're, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, it is an interesting song uh, with, the, with the rhythm changes and all that kind of stuff. And, but I like the words. He never gives us those heart and pieces. He, he doesn't do those things, you know? And, and so I was like, you know what? Let's sing it tonight. I like songs that are very congregational where everybody can sing, and, and parts of that isn't very congregational, so that's why I didn't do it, you know? But So listen, so we're going to do some more teaching tonight. We've got uh, Sister Sue who's going to come up here and, and do some more of the teachings on the Beatitudes. I, I think it was great last time I told her. It, I was taking notes. You know, learning things. I love it when I get to sit and listen to somebody. I, you know, Sister Minnie, when she was up here teaching, I'm just, I love it, you know, uh, when people are sharing and, and I'm getting to, getting to learn, getting to write down something, and I don't have to do the preaching. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so, but, oh, there's an ambulance. Lord, just protect whoever it is. It's crazy. Hallelujah. Well, Sister, come on up. I want to keep talking and take all your time. I want you to have plenty of time to, to, to minister and to do, do the thing. Yes, ma'am, I'll have it for you in a second. Thank you. Thank you all for being here tonight. Hello, online crowd. Hope you're able to see us tonight. I think we had technical difficulties last Wednesday. Um, so I want to do a little recap just to catch you up on where we were. Matthew 5, 1 through 8. Jesus seeing the multitude sat down to teach. In verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It all begins with understanding that we need a Savior, that we were in times past, we are in the present, and will forever be in need. 
Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It is one thing to mourn for uh, the world or mourn for the loss of loved ones, but it is quite another thing to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, which will lead to a time of mourning because in following him, you're losing things that don't necessarily reap or show the nature of Jesus Christ. You will be comforted in that, and in the end, you'll see why. Yes, some people may walk away, but he'll, rest he'll restore that. You know, he will. He told the disciples, they said, Lord, we've given up house and home and mothers, and he said, you know, we're going to restore all that. You're going to have that, what, ten times? I think that's what it said. Over, but verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, remember that elephant that we talked about, right? So meekness is not weakness. It is being strong in the might of the Holy Spirit and gentle with mankind. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. And God will lead you to places where you're going to hunger and thirst for him just like he did the children of Israel. And he will always meet us there to fill us so that we can go on overflow and fill others. So that's our recap. That's what we went through last Wednesday. So today I want to talk to you about uh, blessed are the merciful. The next verse is, let me just get you all three of these. Blessed are the pure in heart, and blessed are the peacemakers. And these three verses are like, when I looked at them, they are like a finely woven tapestry. When you look at it, you can see every different color. I think you put that up there. Tapestries of love. You can see every color if you get close. You're going to be able to see every thread. You're going to see how it weaves in and out of itself. They're all individual when you look at them. So when you step back, you can see what was in the mind of the artist when he made that tapestry. And when I look at these three verses, to me, they're almost inseparable because they weave in and out of each other like a tapestry. And through them, we can see what was in the mind of our great artist, of the creator, of God on high. And what he wants us to show to mankind about himself. So I call these three Beatitudes towards man. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall sh show mercy. This is Matthew 5, 7. In Psalms 41, 1 through 3, and I'm going to use a New American Standard tonight. It says, Blessed is the one who considers the helpless. The Lord will save him on the day of trouble. Save who? The one who considered the helpless. The Lord will protect him and keep him alive. And he will be called blessed upon this earth. And do not turn him, and the Lord will not turn him over to the desires of his enemy. The Lord will sustain him upon his sickbed and in his illness. And he will restore him to health. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy from the Lord. And sometimes 
I need that mercy. There are times when I unwillingly, unknowingly walk into a circumstance where if the mercy of God hadn't gone before me, it could have been a catastrophe. It could have been life-threatening. It could have been health-threatening. Um, so we want to we always look out for others, and God will look out for us. I've had to do that in my life. I have had to say, Lord, I don't know where my son is, but I'm going to trust you with him, and I'm going to go minister, or I'm going to go help this person, and I'm believing you to take care of my family, or I can become consumed. I can't help them anyway. But I'm also not doing the Lord's will. In Luke 6, 35 through 36, The Lord gave us this about being merciful. It says, Love your enemies and do good to the, and lend. Hope for nothing again. Your reward shall be great, and you shall be called the children of the highest. For he, God, is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. There are times in life where you're going to run into people who are hurting, who are feeling insecure. Um, and how do we know that? And that's just to name two things, because their actions show it. And sometimes you're going to run into me. And the, the, the pressures of the day, my heart feelings, what I perceive to be that's not, is going to spill out on you. And, and so what are you seeing? Well... That day, at that time, I'm helpless. That day, at that time, I need mercy myself. Because I know we all want to put on that good face, and we all want to promote and show people our best. We really get out in the public, and we want to show the public Jesus. Unfortunately, sometimes, that little self of us, that little problem that's sitting there, that little rock that bruised my heel, or that big rock I stomped my toe on is going to come out. And here I have, I've spilt on somebody. But you know what? This is what the Lord says. Whenever I'm praying, I need to forgive those that have spilt on me. If I, if, I, if I know while I'm praying, the Holy Spirit says, you know, you're really upset with somebody because they did this. What if they didn't know what they said or did really hurt me? Well, I need to go ahead and forgive them. This is in Mark 11, 25 and 26. And your Father who is in heaven will forgive you your transgressions. And if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. That's hard. That's a really hard saying. Because it doesn't imply that the person who hurt me and we would like to think every time it's unwillingly, but sometimes it is on purpose. It doesn't imply that they even want forgiveness or that they want any kind of restoration, but the Lord says for us to do that anyway. Forgive them. I want you to forgive them. And why is that so important? Well, here's one of my tapestry notes. We're going to go on over to blessed or the pure in heart because it just weaves right on into there. When you forgive others, you are showing mercy to yourself and to that person. 
If you let, if I let bitterness, if I let regret, if I let anger, if I let resentment stay in me, those become stones and hard places. And then I stumble over them. And then they keep me from being in right standing with the Lord. Now, he hasn't done anything to prevent that or to stop that communion. But in retaining that, I say to myself, well, Lord, I don't trust that you're going to do this correctly. I'm going to hold on to my anchor because I really don't trust you're going to work this circumstance out. And I put up another wall on top of the stones that have been laid before me. But forgiveness moves all that out of the way. It clears your path so that when you come to the Lord, you can say to him, Lord, I'm hurt. Lord, I'm in pain. Lord, this is what happened. But don't pick it up from there and carry it on. And that is so hard. But the Lord says that we need to do that. And why is another reason? Because it keeps us pure inside. If you're, if you're following your thought pattern, if, and some people don't have that thought pattern, but I'm one that does. If I follow my thought pattern, I can fill my well with all kind of junk. But if I follow the Holy Spirit, my well is going to be producing good water. And it, then that's going to pour out, and people are going to see that. And they're going to say, well, didn't such and such happen to you? Why are you not upset? Well, it's not that I'm not upset. I'm not staying upset. I've given it to God. I'm learning to walk and leave it there. And when it runs around the corner and catches up with me, I'm going to stop, pray, give it to him right there, and I'm going to walk a little further until one day it doesn't catch up with me because I'm that far ahead of it. So that is why the Lord wants us he wants us to have a pure heart. Hosea 10:12 said this, and I found it to be very interesting. Sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your furrow ground. It is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Sow to yourself in right standing. Okay, so the Lord has, Jesus said at one time when he was talking to disciples, you have heard it says, yet thou shalt not murder, but yet you hold alt in your heart against others. So you see, you need to break, break that ground up. Break that ground up with a word. And furrow ground is a ground that from what I understand has been plowed out and left because they're letting the nutrients come back into the soil and they're going to go, and they're going to uh, plant and reap crops somewhere else. Now think about that. Wow. I'm going to have bitterness or anger, and God's going to have to temporarily go sow something else somewhere else that should have been sowed in my field because I'm just not ready for it. Now, when I get ready for it, he's going to come back and sow that back into me. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you totally lose that blessing. But sometimes I've delayed things. Because God had to set me straight <laughs> before he could move me forward. That's all I'm really saying about that little verse. I just found that interesting. Sow to yourself righteousness. Reap in mercy. Reap what? Reap to yourself. I, you know, forgiveness is a, it, 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 it frees you. Now, when dealing with the world, we have to remember that. When dealing with hurting people, we all know hurting people hurt people. And... When we show mercy, we're just acknowledging the fact that we know that. I'm going to extend that. Because you know what? God knew I was hurting. He extended that mercy to me. 
Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, you definitely have to show mercy to be a peacemaker. And there's never a time in history when the, in ministry or out in this world where peacemakers are more needed than it is today. And when misunderstandings and pressure dis disrupt the unity of the body of Jesus, when, when outside influences disrupt us, what do we do? In Matthew 5, 43, and I find it so interesting how so much of this fell right back into Matthew 5, where we've been the whole time. Matthew 5, 43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your father. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you love those who love you, then what reward is it? You're just like everybody else. Don't even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. In Exodus 36, Moses put out an offering, put out a, uh, um, okay. Yeah, I can't think of what you call it. Huh? No. You sacrifices on it. Thank you. Words slipped right out of my mind. Put out an altar. because, And he had in his hands the tablets that he had to hew himself because he broke the first ones. And the Lord passed before him to write on those tablets. And this is what the Lord says about himself. The Lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for a thousand generations, who forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sins. This is what the Lord says about himself. But if I go back to Matthew, it says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And it's not that we're not going to, to, to hurt, but we forgive when we're hurt and hopefully when we are hurt we are going to be forgiven also when we show mercy we're going to get it peacemakers go out of their way and sometimes we'll put their self-interest aside for the sake of peace that's that's kind of for people you know like me that's kind of hard people like mark that's just how he lives his life i mean seriously he just puts himself aside for whatever brings peace that's fine you know so what happens when i hurt somebody else in the body of christ in matthew 5 23 therefore if you offer your gift on the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you which means i'm the person who did what was wrong leave your gifts in front of the altar, go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gifts. Now, I find it interesting that the word is gifts here and not when you're praying. When you're praying and remember someone's hurt you, but this is when you're, you, and you, therefore, are offering your gifts. And you remember someone has something against you. Go and reconcile yourself to the best of your ability. As the Bible says, do all that you can to live in peace with one another. Why is that? Well, if I hurt someone, 
mean, I know I have. I've hurt my own reputation. I can go to that person and try to make it right. Whether it comes back to reconciliation or not, they at least have to say, well, they tried to make it right. They came and said, you know, that gives God the foundation that he can start rebuilding. And it gives him the ability to um, restore, if possible, those relationships. So this forgiveness is a two-sided sided thing. If someone hurts you, forgive them. But if you can remember that, oh, I hurt someone else. I had a circumstance in my life once where I actually had to call somebody possibly 20 years later because for 20 years the Lord hadn't left me alone about something I had done as a sinner. And I had to call them and apologize to them, believe it or not, 20 years later. And they said, that's okay. You know what? We were all crazy and foolish at the time, and I forgive you. And I was like shocked. Uh, another story I have on this, me and my sister-in-law, all of us went to a, a meeting we were invited to a friend's house for the pool party, and her kids came. And I don't know why. I just spilled out on everybody that day, and I spilled out on her. And, and, it, and it caused a big riot because I was definitely wrong with my bad attitude. So uh, Sunday, we're, we're on the same worship team at this other church together. <laughs> I walk in the door, and I see her, and she sees me, and she starts down the aisle, and she starts crying, and I start down the aisle, and I start crying, and we meet in the middle of the and it's really happened. This is not a hallmark story. We met in the aisle, and we're crying. I'm so sorry, Stephanie. I didn't mean to do that. She said, it's okay, honey. I love you and forgive you. And that was, that was a pivotal moment for me. That was when I really understood this scripture. It's not going to always be that way. But it was just a perfect example in my mind of, some, of uh, receiving mercy. And, you know, walking in with the at least ability to say, I'll try to make peace in this circumstance instead of holding to my own and trying to justify myself, which I'm, I can be very good at, at doing. <laughs> so the Lord gave this last commandment in John 13, 34. He says, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, I want you to love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In Ephesians, Paul's writing to the Ephesians, says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, enduring and keeping the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope for your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all, through all, in all. But unto everyone is given grace according to the measure of the gifts that are in Christ. We all represent Christ. When the Bible says, by your love, they will know. So, it's important that we show that love and we pass that on. If, if for no other reason, and I've had to do this at times, for no other reason I've had to say to myself, okay, I'll do it for God. I'll do it for God. I, I, don't, I don't feel it. I don't even want it. I'm not ready for it. But I'll do it for you. 
and I may have to do it with my teeth gritty, but I'm going to do it. And, and then after a while, it gets to where I really start wanting it, and the Holy Spirit really starts cleaning me out, and it becomes a warning. Blessed are the peacemakers. These are all characteristics of being a peacemaker. But remember, it's woven together like a beautiful tapestry. I want to read this last scripture. I'm going to leave you with this. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, and if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of this world. You are a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but instead they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that you, they may see you, God, your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's the ultimate goal God is trying to do, is create Christ's nature in us. The last scriptures in the Beatitudes under there talk about blessed are those who are persecuted when you're persecuted. You will never get to those scriptures and the ability to do that have you not allowed God to do the first. You, until you have a peacemaker's mentality, until he's worked that in you, the last part of those verses are not something that's going to be easy and maybe easy is not even the word, that are not going to be something you can do. You have to have the Holy Spirit to help you, but you have to have that maturity as he works in you to get to those last places. I've always said, I know he didn't send me over to be a missionary, because the sacrifices they might have to make in times like these, don't know that I could make them. I'm glad I wasn't raised in the era of, of Jesus when he walked on the earth. I don't know if I could have been like the disciples. I don't know if I could have gone against every single thing I had ever been taught and seen it firsthand right up close without the revelations of what came afterwards. We we're all born for a certain time. And I'm grateful I'm born for this time, that I can see the before in the Old Testament, the what was going on there, and then what was going on afterwards. So I have a fully rounded vision of what that was. So I'm going to leave you with those and remember... If you stumble, if you find yourself hungry, you go back and repractice those things above you. All right, I thank you so very much for listening to us. It's a short message tonight, but. Yeah, we were going to take some time and pray anyways. So we're going to play a song here in a minute, not yet. But thank you, that was, was good teaching. You know, I was looking up uh, Peacemaker. And there's a lot of words in there that that is. Arbor, arbitrator, and there's all kind of different words. You know, the person trying to make peace and all that. Go look up the definition of peacemaker. And, and, but but as you were, you were teaching that, there was one of the, I was listening to a song earlier today. And I think it would be the fitting song to, to play while we do a few minutes of prayer at least. But thank you for, for standing up here and, and preparing to, to teach us that. Um, because it is. that You can't get to the bottom without starting at the top. You've got to work your way down. And it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. But I, I want to read some lyrics to a song, and, and we're going to play it here. But it's uh, Jason Upton. It's One Reason. It's an old album called Faith. It's an old album. Uh, I don't even know when that album was, was made now. Let's see. 01? Okay. 19 years ago. Listen to this. 
I said, I just, I was up here earlier today praying and trying to get my mind focused. I just pressed play and I didn't even realize the iTunes was on loop with one song. And it just played and I'm playing on my phone, you know, for a little bit, cleaning up things, you know how. But listen to what it says. It says, I've lived my life for a while asking for signs to believe in. But God played the defense in my trial, quietly hanging there bleeding while I cast lots for his robe. While I pointed my bloody finger, he pays all the debts that I owe. He says, Father, forgive them. I used to ask for a sign to believe in, but he never gave me a reason, never doubt him. But look at the, the just verse 2. I love the, the second verse of this. I see the faith of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They never saw what was promised, but they never once felt forsaken. <laughs> look at that, man. <laughs> Whew. Through the fire, famine, and sword, tribulation, and war, they never asked for a sign to believe in. So tell me how we stand in judgment and never doubt him. And the song just keeps going over and over. Give me one reason to doubt that he is Messiah. Give me one reason to doubt that he is alive. Give me one reason to doubt that I'm not the apple of his eye. You know, the more we learn these Beatitudes, the more we can stand here and actually appreciate those words right there. You know, and, and as we pray tonight, I want us to pray that, that, that we would truly have the revelation of, of who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. We are the peacemakers. We are blessed. We are the apple of his eye. Even though we fail, we are the apple of his eye. So I know this week, and I appreciate you all taking care of the prayer and everything while I was out of town. Uh, I knew it would be taken care of. You know, I know some people that like to pray. So, you know, just give them a key to the building and they turn things on and pray. It's just kind of crazy like that. Uh, but that's okay. We love prayer. And, and I know there's been a lot of spiritual attacks going on. Uh, we've been communicating back. But can we just take some time tonight and, and pray? And, and they're going to play this song. You can put the prayer lights on and just kind of listen to it. Let it minister to you. I'm, we're going to play it on a loop. Just the first time, let it minister to you. And um, you know what? Then we're just, let's just pray. Because, guys, we've got to have a true revelation of who Christ, we are in Christ. Go ahead. You can press play on it and start it. Asking for signs to believe in God played defense in my trial Quietly hanging there bleeding While I cast lots for his robe While I point my bloody finger He pays debts that I Forgive them. I used to ask for a sign to believe in. But he never gave me a reason to ever doubt him. Give me one a reason to doubt. He is Messiah. Just one reason now, just one reason to doubt. 
see the faith of our fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob They never saw what was promised But they never once felt forsaken Through fire, famine and sword Tribulation in war and the things that, that, that happen around the church are for our benefit. And we need to absorb those things. Because you know what? We doubt. We doubt. And we need to use the stories of our, our forefathers as pillars to say they didn't doubt. I can't doubt. I can't doubt that he's alive. You know why? He's never given me a reason to. The world has. The world's giving me a lot of reasons. But when I listen to this song over and over, it reminds me that he has never, ever, ever given me a reason to doubt him. So why do I doubt? Why? Because I'm listening to the world, listening to the wrong voice, and I'm accepting it. You know, one of the, one of the things on our, our regional tour is, is we allow ministers to come up and we pray with them as, as presbyters and, and executives and all. We come up and we let them. I prayed with pastors this week that were ready to quit. They doubted God even wanted them to do anything. They doubted that they were really even serving properly anymore. And you know what? If they're going through that, I know people are going through that. And that's why I think this was such a pivotal song that I ran into today. Because you know what? He never gave me a reason to doubt him. Never. I may doubt if I'm following his, his calling <laughs> to be a preacher, especially when I can't preach or can't sing. Or, but I, I never doubt if he's real. I doubt if I'm supposed to give money to somebody or if I'm supposed to go here and I go there. You, you see what I'm saying? So if we divide those things out, I never, ever doubt if God is real. And that Jesus died for me. I doubt all these other things. And that's why we keep learning the word to get it in here. So that when doubt comes in, I can say, no, 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 no. I'm not doubting that. He's never given us a reason, guys. He loves us. We are the apple of his eye. And he doesn't give you his heart in pieces. He gives it all. He gave it all right there. Listen, if you need prayer tonight, we want to pray with you. 
If you've been struggling with something, come on. It's Listen, if pastors will get up and walk to the front of a room and everybody knows what they're going up for, we can do the same thing. If there's things that you've been, it's been tough on you and you say, you know, I just want somebody to agree with me. It's been tough. Hey, we'll agree with you. We don't look down on that. We just like, you know what? My sister needs some help right now. Yeah. You know, come on. No. You know, you want to say something or you want prayer? Okay, well, no, come on. I'm moving this out the way. I'm serious. I thought you may have something to say, too, because I like to hear what you got to say, too. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's kind of like my buddy. I don't really know if he got this from somewhere else. I need to find out, honestly. Maybe I'll Google it. But, but I, I remember him sitting there one night praying years ago, and he said, Lord, it's not my brother in need of prayer tonight. It's not my sister. It's not my mama or daddy. It's me standing in the need of prayer tonight, oh God. And he just was, I was just like, wow. You know, I really wonder if he was just from the heart or he got that somewhere. I, I, I need to ask him. I really do need to call him tomorrow and ask him that. You know how to think about it. But you know what? There, there's times I need prayer too. You know what? And we need prayer. So you know, I want you to stand up tonight and reach your hands and we're going to pray and we're going to believe because you know what? Guys, we're in this battle together. 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 And you know one of the things the Navy made us do in boot camp that we hated? Seriously. We'd all lay on the floor and we'd lock arms and we'd have to do sit-ups. You know what happened to that person that wasn't very good at sit-ups sitting next to you? You did half of them for them. (laughs) But the thing was is there was 150 of us in a line. So I'm helping him do some and there's another guy next to me helping me. And nobody carried the weight of this person alone. We shared it. So you know what? We pray for each other. We fight for each other because you know what? No man left behind. No woman left behind. So we're going to pray tonight. We're going to believe. But you know what? Our sister says she wants some prayer tonight. I'm praying for a double portion. God had me release a word on a man last night when we did ordinations. We, we put the stoles on him for ordination. I had mine actually hanging up. And I, I, I told him, I said, I never forget. I have it hanging up in my house. Have it hanging up on the wall. And I look at it and say, you know what? I've got a calling on my life. It's evident right there. And many men and women have, have confirmed that because of all that I went through to get that puppy. You know what God told me to, to go tell that guy? He got his. You've struck the water many times and nothing happened, but not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. That door you've beat on that won't open? Not anymore. Mm-mm. Not after today. You know why? God is well able. God is well able. And it ain't about me. And it wasn't about Elisha and that, that little thing that he was walking around with. I think it had a lot to do with what Tommy said. Why y'all beat on me all the time? That river remembered. So you know what? We're going to pray. And if you pray, come on, we want to pray with you tonight. We, we ain't playing around, man. Come on. You can turn the music back up. Y'all play something else if you need to, but I like that one. Amen. Come on, let's pray.
Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons and daughters of the living God. 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 Take all I have in these hands and multiply. 